This podcast is brought to you by the Wharton School at the University of Pennsylvania. Well, suffice it to say, these are challenging times we're in right now. And even with some portions of the country reopening, the challenges of coronavirus are expected to be with us for a while. And uh, that means that people, both young and old, will be challenged and they will require a higher level of toughness to get through this period. Angela Duckworth, professor of psychology, and also we want to say congratulations with a new appointment in professorship uh, with a dual appointment at the Wharton School and the University of Pennsylvania College of Arts and Sciences. Joining us on the line right now, she also wrote the New York Times bestseller, Grit, The Power of Passion and uh, Perseverance. Angela, great to talk with you. Congratulations on the new appointment. Thank you so much. I'm really excited for this conversation. I'm very happy to be joining Wharton. Thank you. So uh, give us a sense of of how you're viewing grit in this time of the pandemic. When I say the word grit, I really mean two things. Um, One of the aspects of grit that's kind of obvious is perseverance, toughness, as you say. Um, I think that's the part of grit that's probably most relevant now in the pandemic. There's another half of grit, which is passion, you know, having a calling, loving what you do, being so intrinsically curious about your work that it kind of pervades, you know, everything that you see, smell, or touch. I I think, uh, in a a way, the pandemic makes it harder for passionate people um, because for many people, you know, what they love, if you're a chef, if you're an athlete, if you're a performer, um, you know, musician, you you can't actually be pursuing your vocation. Um, So we can talk about either of those things, but, but grit to me is both passion and perseverance. Well, yeah, and so let's touch on the passion side of it as well, because we're in a time, obviously, where people are working from home. They're dealing with, obviously, lots of different dynamics. You know, I'm a dad with uh, three kids, uh, you know, uh, age uh, 13 and also two 11-year-olds, and and so you have that dynamic at at home as well. You're talking about having to have a level of grit that that is dealing with a lot of different dynamics that that people are probably not used to having on a daily basis over the course of what has been a two month period right now. Yeah, and you know there is um, nobody I think, I, and it's just no that I really don't think there's anybody who isn't suffering in some way. You know, uh, it's 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 influencing everyone differently. Your kids are stressed, I'm sure, in you know various ways. You know, you are, I am. Uh, in our household, you know, emotions are a roller coaster. It's not even just that week to week, but day to day and even hour to hour. Yeah. <laughs> some yeah. hours are good, some are bad. And I do think that for me as a psychological scientist, the question is, you know, what are the mindsets and the skill sets that, that enable us to um, deal with these um, ups and downs, um, you know, uncertainty, uh, loss of, of, of various kinds? Um, and I do think there are lessons, you know, um, I, and I'm happy to expand on some that I think are uh, most relevant. Yeah, please go ahead. So one of the you know most important research discoveries in psychological science in, in our lifetime was actually at Penn, um, and it was done by Marty Seligman, who was my Ph.D. advisor. And what he studied were dogs who were in these experiments where either the dog was getting, um, you know, an amount of painful electrical shock. This is, by the way, 50 plus years ago, so um, we don't do experiments like that anymore. (laughs) But anyway, back in the day, some of the dogs were getting shocked. Some of the dogs were getting shocked, but they had a little panel in their cage. And if they they leaned forward in these harnesses that they're in, they could touch the panel and turn off the shock. So they had 
shocked, but they had some control over it. And it turns out that the difference that some control over your circumstances um, makes is just enormous. And when you don't have control, when things are, you know, completely outside um, of your agency, and what happens to the dogs and actually what happens to people too is that you basically get depressed. I mean, you, you become helpless and hopeless. Um, now, if, if the story ended there, it would just be, I guess, entirely, um, uh, you know, dark tale. And, and it doesn't end there. So what Marty then went on to do is study um, the one out of three dogs that even though they were in the helplessness condition, remained resilient. They kept trying. They didn't get depressed. And what Marty then discovered in people who are likewise resilient is that what they do is they pay attention to the aspects of their situation that they can change, that they can control. And and I think the lesson for us in this time of uncertainty, which I think to me is one of the most stressful aspects of the pandemic, just that nobody knows how long it's going to be and yeah. what's going to happen to the economy and, you know, will the people that we love, you know, will they stay healthy? What we can do is be resilient by focusing our attention on the small things, maybe, that we can control. Like, you can control what you say in the morning to the people that you're, you know, you can control what you say to your kids. You can make your bed. You yeah. can uh, control things like, uh, you know, doing the laundry. And, and I, I think that's um, a lesson I'm, I'm trying to follow myself. You mentioned kids. Let's touch on that for a second, if we can, because obviously that's a, a unique dynamic at play here with so many, you know, grade school age kids that are that are doing homeschooling at this point. College kids obviously doing online learning to finish up their semester. How do you view the dynamic of children and how they need to be thought about in this in this time of, of a pandemic and how they are dealing with it or trying to deal with it? There's a world of difference um, between uh, kids who are, you know, teenagers, I think, and then teen- kids who are younger and then, you know, infancy and toddlers are entirely different. So, so let me just say um, that uh, with teenagers, I think one of the challenges is that um, they are developmentally at a period where they desperately want to be with their friends. Um, physically, ideally, right? And and that's really hard, I think, to have, you know, adolescence happen to you while you are also quarantined with your family. Yeah. And by the way, teenagers also developmentally uh, are kind of designed to, to kind of want to pull away from their parents. And so yes. now they have to live with them 24-7. That's that's hard. Um, with younger kids, let's say elementary school, I'm thinking about maybe your two 11-year-olds, um, you know, one thing that's difficult is that they're really physically active. And, and for many people, depending on their circumstances, like you're kind of cooped up. Um, yeah. So in addition to missing the social component, just, you know, missing play um, and running around, I think is, is hard. And then for the, for the little ones, you know, um, I, I think, um, you know, they may be sort of oblivious to the fact that they can't hang out with friends, especially if they're really little. Um, but I do think, you know, one thing that's hard uh, for that, age kid is that they, you know, parents who are dealing with like three, four, five-year-olds, you know, or learning to homeschool their first grader. I mean, what those little, little kids are probably dealing with, they're like parents who are increasingly, uh, you know, maybe even burned out on, yeah. you know, now month three. So, uh, so it really varies across the board. And I, I think that one, um, you know, piece of advice that I, I think really is a through line, um, no matter how old your kid is, but, um, but it's that, you know, whatever age your kid is, it's, you'll, you'll be surprised at how, um, how 
capable they are of having like a reasonable conversation with you and that you could be, you know, age appropriate, but honest about, you know, how, you know, you're feeling. And and I I do think that treating kids as, um, you know, intelligent and psychologically uh, sophisticated organisms, which they are, um, as opposed to like not sharing with them, right? As opposed to like wanting to protect them from the fact that you're stressed about, you know, your job, et cetera. I think that's what I'm trying to do. I have seen that firsthand, Angela. I truly have in in the dealings with my kids over the last uh, couple of months as well. Angela, thanks very much for coming on. Greatly appreciate your insight as always. Look forward to talking to you again. Thank you. Have a good day. Thank you. Angela Duckworth, uh, professor of psychology here at the University of Pennsylvania. To keep engaged with Wharton Business Daily and other Wharton School shows, visit businessradio.wharton.upenn.edu.